life was like a box of chocolates. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. What am I gonna do with a gun rack? Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? You're tuned in to the Honey Wagon Podcast, a weekly dose of unfiltered rants and reviews on the latest Hollywood flicks and timeless classics. Here are your hosts, Andy, Rich, and Lou. Hello, guys. Hey. hey. Nice to see you again. Yeah. How's it going? Good, good. Excited. Really uh, uh, warm, but not warm. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get Rich to open sure. a window because his studio is so yeah, it gets, he is it gets warm in very here. Very defensive about it. Yeah, no, not in the least. I, I know sh- I'm a higher temperatured person. I understand. Can we point out one thing? I do love the sound of just the neighborhood in the background. Like it's it, obviously the air coming in is really nice, but just that dog in the background. So uh, there's a dog in the background. You hear the barking? I, at all? I did no. not hear it, but I think it's in your head. <laughs> was there? Something? Is that a warning sign? <laughs> when you hear dogs barking, hmm. was there something in that Greek? Film? I love that piercing sound in the background. I love that screaming. Did you just hear the barking? Mm. There is a yes, dog. We okay. did. He's, he, I am sane again. I cleared myself. He's not imagining. Sanity that. proven. There you go. <laughs> all right, guys, we've got a lot. Going on in the show today, I do want to mention, so we are available on a bunch of podcast platforms, all the major ones. Just search the Honey Wagon Podcast. You can even Google us and find us on that. And make sure to check us out on Twitter at Honey Wagon Pod and Instagram, the Honey Wagon Podcast. Okay, so today on our call sheet, we are going to be having a flashback. We're going to look at the movie or uh, review the movie Sideways, which is a 2004 comedy drama directed by Alexander Payne. For a future presentation, we're going to review and share our thoughts on 1917, which is by Sam Mendes. I am so excited, mm-hmm. and I think we're all equally excited about it. Yeah. And then later on for our subplot, we're going to be talking uh, a bit about Quentin Tarantino because he's getting a little bit mouthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of going on this... He's going on the side of Martin Scorsese. Yep. Yep. There you go. (laughs) uh, Because, you know, I think it was like a month plus a month and a few weeks ago, Scorsese was kind of bashing big blockbuster Marvel type films or superhero films, films, I should say. And so Quentin now has something to say about it. And Quentin, I love you. but, But you're wrong. But you're wrong. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. But let's let's get into our movie or flashback movie for today sideways i know for a fact that rich did not enjoy it i hated it before we get into your opinions we need to get a synopsis so lou go for it spoiler 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 spoiler. (laughs) movie that came out in 2004 some folks might not have watched it uh don't (laughs) oh so We this film is anchored by one of my favorite actors, the great Paul Giamatti, and one of my least favorite actors, uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Oh, I agree with that one. <laughs> I just he was nominated for a best. I like this movie. He was nominated for a best supporting actor. 
at, for an Oscar. Who? What kind of coke was were people injecting into their asses when they decided on that? <laughs> okay, get to the synopsis. So, <laughs> I like the movie. I did like the movie. Uh, Paul Giamatti plays the character Miles, who is a um, school teacher. He's an English teacher. He is an aspiring writer who has failed many times at trying to publish books. Um, he suffers from depression. He's divorced. He's an alcoholic. But he is in love with wine, like mm-hmm. a deep, deep passion. He takes his friend Jack, played by the brilliant Thomas Hayden Church, who is a kind of schmucky, uh, once popular kind of soap actor. Uh, they travel into a California wine country. They're taking Jack on his uh, bachelor party. He just wants to bust a nut. He just <laughs> wants a last go at the hurrah. Miles is just riddled bust with depression. <laughs> uh, he has obviously serious family issues. Um, uh, he fancies this waitress, uh, played by Virginia Madsen. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to pursue her, it's just, he's just, you know, I, I guess he doesn't feel like he's good enough. He's not even worthwhile. He has a lot of low self-esteem. Exactly. Sure does. Divorce, yeah. Sure does. Also, uh, this film features the brilliant Sandra Oh, who is just hilarious in the role of the, uh, you know, I guess Thomas Hayden Church's first conquest uh, which is also just a very bizarre kind of connection he's just a real piece of shit isn't he, he though he he's a, a real piece of shit character. but i guess he does it well How can he friends with a guy like that yeah because at, you know at the same time uh, despite his shittiness mm-hmm. uh he does try to push miles to really you know go for glory Easing to try for, to be yeah. the best version of himself what um, what did you guys like about this movie okay so <laughs> i must say I, and I do believe that it might have been a lower budget film, right? I think it's evident when you watch it. It did have a not... budget of four billion dollars. No, no, <laughs> it had a budget of sixteen million. What? Okay. Yeah, which is yeah. that crazy. looked like it was made off of a four thousand dollar budget. Come to the dark side, Andy. Okay, hold Come on. Come to the dark hold side. Up, hold like, up. Hold <laughs> up. Like, I'm not wearing this movie on my chest. You like, said I liked it. One six or sixty. Okay, still one six. One six is a lot. So. I at least hope the rest of that money went to the wine because <laughs> they were drinking sure. a lot of they wine. They drank a lot of wine, yes. Okay, so the movie, it was low budget, and I've always known that about Sideways. I remember, because it's 2004, it came out a while ago, and I remember even then seeing the commercials thinking, okay, yeah, I could tell. Middle budget, maybe not low budget, but middle budget film. Um, and so going in, I was because I knew that I was able to kind of switch that part off, like the qualityness of it, okay, the good qualityness. I like I didn't look into that part, um, but it was actually funny because there. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in the scenes that were it's like transitioning between scenes, they had a few like Star Wars editing going on where they had oh, like the, the stars, whatever the swipe thing, swipe like, fade, yeah, yeah. Mm, stuff like that. Different scenes kind of popping up in like different uh, windows yeah. and stuff like that. I, so uh, torturous. Paul Giamatti, I really liked his character. Um, he was amazing. I think movie. he should have gotten nominated for something. I he mean, compared the- to his co-star who did for an oscar i'm like really that's, i hate i can't stand that's a that travesty guy. that is a travesty <laughs> like there's no way thomas hayden church should have got nominated yeah. for something and paul giamatti did not exactly but they're both scumbags both of the characters yeah. are horrible people that's a far cry miles is stealing from his mother yeah like, that, that was uh <laughs> that was a questionable that move was, that 
seem to not have to exist. Spoiler. 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 Yeah. And this guy, his only mission is to cheat on his fiance. Like, I felt like I was watching an 80s movie. Did it not feel like an 80s movie? It kind of felt, yeah, you're totally right. Bang on on that one. Like the boys trip. Yeah, it felt like such an 80s movie, but they weren't teenagers. They were grown adults, but they were doing teenager shit. Like, I was like, yo, what? This doesn't make any sense to me in any way shape or form i was like where is the redeeming quality about these characters like i was waiting for it mm-hmm. maybe there'd be some sort of like you know catharsis moment where you know we understand why this jack guy is acting like an asshole and like so determined to cheat on his fiance yeah. or something and this guy like he has issues like uh, miles has got issues but he's a liar mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't have to he had so many opportunities to tell maya that you know about his book and then it's just I and don't... about the situation well, come with on. his friend yeah. you know what sure my book is published it's not published i don't know if that's like a a, a beginning end all to ruin this guy's character <laughs> uh yeah the stealing from the mom thing that was i i wish they you know one thing i'll point out i wish they kind of dove into his family history a little more at the yeah. top sure maybe to give a little background on that but you know what i don't know i just for him just as this kind of broken character who's just trying to redeem himself somehow and just find some type of place in the world through his passion and just even the time, the sections where you know he's so burnt out but he's still able to speak so eloquently about about wine and just right. what it means to him when mm-hmm. everything else in the world has lost meaning that yeah. was the most poignant part of the movie when they were describing why they love wine. Pinot, yeah. That, that part I liked. And even uh, Maya, the character Maya, when she was describing it as this thing that's living and evolving mm-hmm. kind of thing, it, it's really true. And then it declines just like a human being. Like, yeah. you know, you reach a certain age and then you decline. So that was the only poignant part. I liked that part. And then the rest of it was like... Ugh. The theme of wine, I, I love the way they, they utilize that theme from the beginning to end. Because in a way, if you look at Maya's character... And uh, what's his name? Paul Gima. What's his mind? Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, if you look at their characters, they kind of both get into, like, their past marriages. In his marriage, I wonder if, like, kind of his drinking problem. Because he straight up had a drinking problem. Yes. Now, in 2004, I don't think that was, like, something they were really thinking about. Now, in the 2020, watching this movie, <laughs> it's like, no, the guy was, he had a <laughs> right. bad drinking problem. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't really addressed. Like, they, they were drinking and driving in that movie. And yeah. they were acting there like it's totally quite cool. quite a bit of <laughs> drinking and driving. There was too much of it. Um, but I think his, his past marriage kind of broke up from that. And then she was kind of saying something like, um, the significance of the wine. She's like, I never got into it until I left my husband. So there was just to show the meaning of right. it, you know, between them. And then also just kind of like how him and his friend also kind of bonded on the trip. Like he was teaching him about how to taste wine and everything. And oh my gosh, actually speaking of that, uh, there's this one scene that I loved so much and he gets so passionate about talking about Merlot. <laughs> oh, I love it. Do you have the clip? I do have the clip. Which made I me think of... This was the funniest part of the movie. This was the funniest part, yeah. Anyways, it reminded me of uh, a scene in Seinfeld where Kramer and Mickey, they're on a double date. They're trying to order Merlot at the dinner, Merlot at the dinner table. Uh, but the server's like, sorry, we're out of Merlot. And then meanwhile, you got, yeah, then you got Paul Giamatti who's like, I fucking hate Merlot. Yeah. Uh, I like Merlot. I love Merlot. I'm crazy about Merlot. I live for Merlot. I am not drinking any fucking Merlot. Yeah, Merlot is bilge water, though. It really is. That is hilarious. <laughs> Apparently, there's a fantastic little note from beloved Wikipedia. 
2014 study by Vineyard Financial Associates estimated that sideways cost Merlot farmers over $400 million and lost revenue in the decade after its release. (laughs) And they blamed... Sideways. sideways. It's slow and it damn, just generally son. just slowed the growth damn, Daniel. Uh, of Merlot sales. I love it. But <laughs> also triggered a rise in the sales volume and price of Pinot Noir. Wow. The power of cinema. There you yeah. go. All it takes is one line <laughs> in a movie. Did this movie make you guys appreciate or have more of an interest in wine? Absolutely. I definitely yeah. wanted to pound a couple glasses of wine after it. <laughs> uh, I like that they um, were explaining... <laughs> Like how to like even the title sideways like it it was explained very subtly in the movie where he was saying to look at the color of wine you got to tilt the glass and it was almost again referring to them like you almost to see yourself you got to kind of go a different direction yeah. or tilt yourself in a different way in a different life so things like that like I like those layers oh, you saw it deeper than me yeah, yeah. so yeah the well, theme of wine was nice I think if it didn't have that I'd, I wouldn't care for it I think that's why it was so popular yeah yeah, yeah. It was that's, good. True. I'd, uh, that's true that's true Okay, so what are we going to do uh, ratings-wise? Bottles of wine. Bottles of wine, excellent. Okay, okay. You want to go first, Lou? I really liked it. It was a nice, maybe a nice, oaky, refreshing, smooth red. Maybe a bit of a kind of a farmy kind of flavor in there. Farmy? Yeah, oh. a nice kind of farmhouse uh, <laughs> funk. Right, That's right. terrible. And yeah, it's not something I would smash all the time, maybe with a nice oxtail or something like that. Oh, okay, or, that sounds like a really tasty bottle of wine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it might give me a small hangover, and right. so I won't have the bottle for a little bit hmm. until maybe okay. uh, 24 years later. So uh, yeah, I, I yeah. I, Watch it, folks. It's a nice, it's a nice flick. It's not going to blow your mind. You'll want to drink some wine. Paul Giamatti's a fantastic actor, and the supporting cast is solid, except for Thomas Hayden Church. And it's visually, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Like those shots driving throughout the, the, the wine country. There is yeah. mm-hmm. pretty gorgeous. Mm. Okay, I would give it um, three bottles out of five. It's one of those wine bottles that has a really cool cover uh, or label. And then you're like, yeah, okay, I'll pick it up at the LCBO. And then you pick it up, you go home, you taste it, and it's okay. Right. (laughs) You could drink a glass, but maybe not a second glass. Sure. Yeah. But you're willing to share it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm giving it one bottle, and it's been empty or open for a while. (laughs) So the the wine has gone sour, (laughs) and it's rancid, and you'll taste it and probably spit it out immediately. (laughs) But then you'll another try right. by tasting and then you again. might take another swig because <laughs> you know, can you use it for cooking at all maybe you you could but no, use um, it to start the uh, fireplace yeah or at least you <laughs> might use it to start a fire if anything yeah. <laughs> yeah all right guys okay so now let's move on to our feature presentation which is 1917 probably one of the most talked about films this month in 2020 we're almost done the month and Everybody is talking about this movie. It is directed by Sam Mendes. It's a war flick. It stars Dean Charles Chapman and George McKay, amongst other names like Colin Firth, who I didn't even realize was in the movie. Oh, you didn't until, notice? You didn't realize I didn't it? even notice. And uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Of course, they had like minor roles. These, yeah. These big names. I was surprised to see them there too, though. Yeah. yeah. And um, actually, just a quick Sure, synopsis. might as well. So these are uh, two young British soldiers uh, during World War One. All right. So they've been given this impossible mission. They've got to deliver this message deep behind enemy lines. And I'm reading this off of uh, the, 
the page here too as well. So they're behind enemy lines. They've got to get this message to these troops. I think it was like 1,600 men that um, if they don't yeah, get there, these guys are walking into a trap, basically. Mm-hmm. And the phone lines have been cut. So the only way to get this message is for these two guys to deliver it by foot to these other guys. And one of the um, guys, uh, Lance Corporal, there we go, Lance yeah. Corporal Blake, his brother is actually in that troop as well. So he's extra motivated to get this message to them and that's basically it's very short simple story like that's one thing that i do like about this movie it's not a complicated plot it's pretty straightforward and really intense because you're going to follow these guys now on this journey can they get there to save these 1600 men before they walk into a slaughter basically yeah i i loved how digestible it was and i think we all have agreed in previous episodes that we're not the biggest warheads when it comes to movies. No. It's almost like, yeah, we all have to kind of convince each other to go and watch this movie. Me, I'll watch a war film here and there, but this was this the fact that the story was more simple made it just so much easier for me to take it in. Right. And and I felt like I was there with the characters. I was there on site. I felt what they felt. And that is so powerful in movies. I wanted to ask Lou, though, mm-hmm. because you were enticed because of the whole one shot, one take thing. That For you, that was like the selling yeah. ticket. So when you were watching it, did you were you still always aware of it while you were watching it? Uh, at some points, because Andrika would point out in the theater, <laughs> oh, it's a cut over there. There's a cut, guys. It's not a one shot. It's a cut. <laughs> uh, oh, no, it's a cut over there. So when she was screaming in the theater, I noticed, okay, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe there's a cut over there, but right. I would say over the course of the film, right, right, like right. holy cow, just some of those shots when like they're, they're your eye level with the water as they're scaling that mm. wall, and there's that massive pond, and it's just this big like this massive muddy pond, and, right. and just the shot is just there. It's like holy fucking cow, like mm-hmm. the, and like you said, like some of the shots because you're so you literally feel like you're on that adventure with them, absolutely. Yeah. Because absolutely. you know the dialogue is, I wouldn't say it's at a minimum, but you're you're locked in on this adventure, and you're you're committed, you're completely sold in what's going on. Like in that scene where this plane's coming down, you know it's like, guys, get oh. the fuck out of there! What are right, you guys right, doing? Yeah. Get scene. the fuck out of there! Right. Boom! Right? Yeah, yeah. No, it was amazing. It and was so good. And the thing about it is following these guys on the journey. Same thing for me. Um, I noticed where the cheats were. Basically, I was like, okay, that's where... Because they're still super long, intricate, complicated, long shots. So the technical achievement is not to be, you know... You know, no, un- we're not dismissing. Yeah, we're not dismissing that it, in any way, shape, or form. It was well done. It would be impossible to shoot this film from beginning to end in one take. Just couldn't be done. That's not possible. Yeah. But he still sells it overall. And once I saw a couple of the um, the little cheats, mm-hmm. I stopped even thinking about it, and I was just enthralled in the story itself. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like the the cheats meaning. Any moment of darkness or any big tree. Yeah, or something. Anything that's going <laughs> to obscure the whole screen for just a split second. Because now with CGI, that's all it takes yeah. for them to be able to transition from one shot to another exactly. and you wouldn't see it. But yeah. it's still, if the story's not good and you're not enthralled in it yeah. in the first place, all of that doesn't matter anyways, right? Yeah. I want to get back to this, the visuals, in a second. But I do want to go back to the character. So, for example, George McKay and uh Schofield Dean Charles Chapman what's his name Lance Corporal Blake okay so the two of them um they're kind of together in the beginning and what I really liked is that neither of these actors I 
didn't know who they were. Neither did I. I was yeah. like, I, but watching that movie, I didn't care. And I think that was such a great artistic decision uh, for Sam Mendes and the casting team because had they put a big name, then it would have just taken away, I think, from the experience. But I found out like later that he did that on purpose. He did not want to have big names Brilliant because he move wanted then. you to feel it. Brilliant move. He's because like, yeah. He's it would have been distracted. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and it was funny because leading up to it, the one big name that I was hearing, I didn't even know about Colin Firth until after I read. I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice him in the movie, but. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch, I was hearing, and then he only had like a small moment. Yeah. But I like that. Yeah. Honestly, he, he could have had all no name actors. Yes. The story sells itself. Or new actors, whatever. So I really enjoy that. But um, going back to George McKay, and Lou, you kind of um, touched on this earlier. There was not a lot of dialogue, and that's another thing, too. So I felt like. He he did such a fantastic job because it's in his face, like his oh, yeah. his uh, emotions, his expressions in his face, and also his body. Like, think about how much he had to do, right? Running, physical like, stuff, literally yeah. going through mud. Like, if uh, there was a lot of scenes where they zoomed in on, on their boots, and like it's true, at that time the boots were probably just like regular boots. Right, There's yeah. no grip, and you're yeah. walking through mud and sliding and. Bombs are going yeah. off. Oh my shot goodness! At. It was in, it was really incredible to see that um, it was less dialogue, all in the actions. But also, I don't know about you guys, that score was amazing. Mm. Oh I actually my God. felt like I was watching a horror movie. And right. how, I felt that way because I was scared at points. How good was it at just building tension and sections? So good. Right. Like it's just, I exactly. screamed a few times. And you're just yeah. like, oh my God. I've if someone pops so up, I'm going to jump out of my fucking yeah, chair. Yeah. The way they used the music to build the tension like, was brilliant. To touch brilliant. on just uh, you know how he managed to just you know put on this unreal performance, uh, one scene struck out when he's finally found just an, like a little ounce of peace. Mm-hmm. When he's found that underground little, not bunker, but this basement yeah. where this French woman's staying with this child with this that baby, she's yeah. found. And he's just, you know, he's just like in almost in a dream state. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's yeah. so calm. And then he hears the bell ring. And it's like, oh, my God. My mission. It's morning. It's almost like he's being ripped out of this dream. Yeah. He's back in the nightmares. Right. Like, I got to yeah. get fucking going. So yeah. To that point, um, it was at that moment I had realized, again, I don't know why I look so cheap into movies, but... There was a uh, sound was very important here mm-hmm. because there were so many moments where he was experiencing sound. So it was things like, um, yeah, like the bombs going off or like the bell, the sound of the baby crying. Mm-hmm. Like he actually, you could see there was moments where he took in the sound. Right. And he's taking everything yeah. in and, and it's. And the most important sound that he heard was a man singing in the woods. Oh, that scene, yes. See, it was. So I beautiful. was so worried. Oh my gosh. Uh, again, well, fuck spoiler it. alert. Yeah, I'll spoiler just put it just because of the I was worried that he was going to like, okay, I'll just enjoy this angelic song. And someone's going to turn around, oh, fucking shoot. Right. Or something yeah. like that. But please, please, everybody just chill. Let this yeah. guy just chill out. Yeah. Uh, one scene, and it's funny, and I'm curious to hear your reaction because I was thinking it was going to happen, uh, though it would have been so fucking ridiculous, uh, is when he's, he's finally like passed out unconscious at the bed of that river there's that huge log and all these dead bodies are there oh yeah and he's yeah. just like getting through yeah, just trying to scrape over them. through and you know he's just gonna start crying but in my head i'm like this guy's been through so fucking much mm-hmm. right 
I would not be shocked if one of these bodies came to life as a zombie <laughs> and started attacking. And then Adrika oh. goes to me in the theater. He goes, oh, man, I hope a zombie doesn't pop up. <laughs> you didn't really say that for real. I did. I am like, oh, shit, I was thinking that. <laughs> I literally felt. You guys felt, are hilarious. I felt like this was like a horror movie because I, I'm not joking when I say this. I actually had moments where I exclaimed like out loud. I was like, "Really? Yeah." yeah. I was like, "Oh shit! Oh fuck!" Like, yeah. and I'm like screaming. I think the people beside me hated me, but I'm also I, I guess I talk a lot during movies. <laughs> oh but, really? <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! Like I was so stressed out. Right. Yeah. My heart was racing. That's war was movies, man. That's- <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Another thing too. Back to the you know the sounds. So I mentioned how he took in all these sounds. He was taking in all the visuals too. Like that mm-hmm. scene with all the fire and like it looked like the city was burning and he and it was just like and it's his nighttime. silhouette and it's nighttime and he's just staring at and it. And he's not realizing that an enemy soldier is walking up towards him. That he was thinks, so fucked. He's like, is yeah. that one like, of my guys? Me? Yeah. yeah one of my and he just cow. starts shooting at him and he just turns around and starts running. I but know. yeah, I feel like I really need to see this movie again to truly yeah. appreciate yeah. it because it's really overwhelming your first yeah. I'm seeing it. And again, for me being a war movie, I was already terrified of being stressed, traumatized. Yeah. So I was, once I got through the whole thing, actually, when I got to the theater and I saw it was 14A, uh, I was like, okay. oh, that's a, that's a little <laughs> bit of a relief because it, I was expecting it to be an R rated movie, yeah. like, because I'm expecting to see a lot of graphic violence. And it's, it's just enough to convey the horror without going over overboard yeah, with did, the blood and gore type stuff. I didn't stuff. think it was that bad in no, terms of the wasn't. bloodiness. Yeah. There was one scene that really irked me and probably the only thing that irked me in the entire film, though it's just complete like, you know, I'm you know, grasping at straws. And we were talking about is when right at the start he gets nicked by that uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, the barbed wire. <laughs> barbed wire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, on barbed wire. Yeah. And then they fall down this thing, oh, lands yeah. on a bunch of dead bodies, and he has his one hand go into the like, body stomach yeah. of yeah. a fucking uh, dead corpse. Body, yeah. He's like, Oh man and then he just wraps it up, okay, back to it. Yeah. Like, really if a soldier <laughs> didn't kill him, a disease would have. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right? Like there's disease everywhere <laughs> out there. Was, like, yeah, kind of okay yeah but that stuck with me too because when he got his hand caught on the barbed wire, he didn't even make a sound really because he yeah. couldn't. Yeah. Because, you know, they're kind of going into enemy yeah. territory. And he, like, these guys were so, they've been already through so much already. That was like nothing for him. That really stuck out to me too. Like, he gets his yeah. hand caught, he just pulls it off, yeah. and he just keeps on moving, doesn't make a sound, and yeah. he just keeps going. It's like, Same thing when, remember, he was, um, so. Uh, in this one part of the film, he's solo, he's by himself, and he's he's like bouncing on this beam, and he has to jump. Right. But right before he jumps, this massive, like landmine or whatever. No, he gets shot at. Oh, he gets shot at. Sorry, getting shot. He gets shot at, but he doesn't scream. And I was wondering that too. But I'm like, no, it's that soldier mentality where right. you do not make a peep, you just trek through it. But oh my goodness, like it really just put you in the shoes of a soldier and mm, really yeah. made you feel that way. I don't think I've ever felt that way with a war movie. I've had a few times, you know, like Saving Private Ryan kind of t- really touched those human elements. But this, really what I saw was this is a young boy who didn't want to be here. None of these boys want to be here. Right. And they did it because that was it. That's what yeah. you had to do. But you can even say that uh, about some of the like the higher-ups 
within those armies. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some sections where right everybody, at, right it seems like the, everybody, right yeah. at the start, he's going to talk to that one uh, general. He's like, "What? You guys are going to do this? No one's telling me shit. Right, we yeah. don't know what the fuck's going on." Right. Yeah. Then they finally he finds the Devons. He he goes to uh, ask one guy, Where, "Where's this guy? Where's uh, whatever the fuck his name McKenzie. is?" And this guy's like crying. He's just uh, so fucking shocked. Like, and oh, he was like fuck. had a high yeah. up guy, and he was just having yeah, a breakdown. I, I think that's the thing. You know, these like again, I'm not a big war movie head, just because yeah, it's just for the most part, it just rips your heart in yeah. half. But this movie, like, you know, it just reminds us that war is fucking pure horror. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to maybe discuss some of the Oscar nominations? Yeah. Who, what do we think? It, it's 10 nominations. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Best Picture, Best Director, Original Music Score, Original Screenplay, Cinematography, which, Lou, I think you're, belie- you're saying should get it. I think so, too, hands down. Yeah, I think so. Uh, sound Mixing, which... Could 100%. No, <laughs> right. guys, like every award, man. Yeah, so Visual so effects. It could go 10 for 10. It could. Production design and then makeup and hairstyling. That was something I also thought about, too. Like, it, just the details and everything. Like, to to get it so that um, there's a lot, of, a lot of continuity. So even when, like, they went through dirt, they kept the dirt on. Like, right, they made yeah. sure the dirt was always there. Except for that one scene where he gets stuck in... Spoiler. 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 Where he like um, like a bomb goes off and then he's covered in like dust and dirt. Right. Oh, yeah. Somehow like eventually nuts. the dust like he washed that it off but it was like, completely gone. But um, anyways, like they did a really good job. Uh, back to the 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 filming of this movie, the visual effects. Like it it was so beautiful. Like that makes you realize like there should be galleries in the world for film. This is like this is just uh, I just beautiful for visual effects just for all the films that are nominated and I'm thinking it actually should I I would think Avengers Endgame I was thinking the same thing (laughs) I was thinking the same thing I'm like should win it shouldn't it shouldn't Avengers Endgame win it but it's a uh, Avengers Endgame The Irishman The Lion King 1917. And Star Wars, the myth of Skywalker. So. <laughs> <Rise> of shit. <laughs> yeah. You're right, though. It's probably going to be Avengers. See, that, this is the thing. Well, what a movie... about Lion King? I heard Lion King visually was pretty gorgeous. That's true. And they use a very special kind of um, effects to make it look realistic. But those kind of movies, like Avengers, Lion King, and Star Wars, they don't have many shots elsewhere. So I would want to give it to one of those. And the only yeah. thing I'll say why you can possibly give the edge to 1917 <clears throat> is because... Sometimes the best visual effects are the ones you don't notice. And yeah. point. when True. this movie, you're not really thinking about, I promise you there's a, there's more CGI in this movie than we probably realize mm-hmm. until after it's all said and done and we see maybe you know behind the scenes footage and stuff. I bet you there are more visual effects in this movie than we realize because yeah. it's still so realistic and the story is so spot on and you're so on this journey with this character you're not thinking about him possibly might be a green screen behind him or some of the rats might have been CGI that was crawling on bodies. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was gross. So, like, I, I <laughs> Maybe think, the plane scene? Yeah, even that. Like, I think it still has a shot for visual effects. Yeah, no, it's true. Ten nominations, they're dominate. I think they're dominating. Well, why don't we look at the big so. ones? Um, the big ones, okay. Best, like, director, I do think... Sam will have a good shot. Yeah. Uh, so next week, actually a teaser for next week's show, we're definitely going to be doing our Oscars 
preview, uh, talking about kind of the major categories, right? Uh, the big categories that are highlighted every year, and we'll be giving our um, breakdown and predictions for those. But yeah, just to pretty much, I mean, because we're talking about 1917. I really do think that Sam Mendes, I understand why he's been winning all the awards this season. And again, just because going back to that long shot. Yeah. Come on. Like, yeah. you got to have, you got to have the eye to do that. Right. Like, you got to have, I also the dedication. Like, yeah. I don't know how long it took them. It's but a damn. daunting, daunting <laughs> task. It requires yeah. so much pre-planning to be able to, you know, do a long shot that's lasting 10 15 minutes mm -hmm. you know so all the pre-planning i do believe the actors had said they've never rehearsed for scenes more so than they have for this film before the cameras even rolled Holy they God. had to go through the paces so that they knew where the camera would be where they're supposed to be mm -hmm. so that they could pull off this one long probably like 15 to 20 minute shot it was a you pure know. choreography, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So he's got a good edge for a director for sure. I think. Yeah, for and sure. best picture. I'm pretty sure it's going to get best picture. Mm -hmm. The Academy loves war movies, yeah. and mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I guess I think it's time to share a rating on on the movie 1917. It sounds like we were all fans of it. I was really debating on this one. Are we going with wine bottles again? Sure. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Why not? And you know what? The soldiers would appreciate it. How about this? How, how about, about glasses? We, how about we go with, um, what was the thing he was carrying that he filled with milk? Canteen. Canteen. How about canteens of milk? Canteens of okay. milk. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, I would give this, I, I, guys, I want to give it a five, but I don't want to give it a five. <laughs> Why not? You know what? Because, hmm. You loved it, Andy. I loved it, but... I don't think it was perfect. I would probably give it, like, honestly, I'm just going to be stingy and do a 4.9. Like, <laughs> I won't even give it the five because it's so close. And um, there was a couple of tiny little, I would just be a little nitpicky with it. But other than that, guys, it's still fantastic movie. I'll do 4.9. It's a canteen of milk, and it's nice, like, fresh milk. It's creamy, light. You know when you like leave Canada and you go to a country and you try another country's milk and it's like, damn, this is good milk. This is good milk. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and you could just drink it on its own. Even if it's like room temperature, that sounds disgusting. But it's good at room temperature. That's what I'm trying to oh, okay. get at is that it's good it's at room temperature. That good. Yeah. Ooh. Lou. Um, 4.9. Holy cow. Uh, I will give it. Um, I should note that while I don't, and I've said this before, I've said this many times throughout the week. It is not my favorite movie of the year. I do think it is the best movie of the, of the year. All right. Mm -hmm. So I'll give it a uh, Pitchfork-esque uh, 4.8 out of 5 just to be a fucking bonehead. Like, I don't want <laughs> to give it a 5 uh, just because it isn't like I, – I would reserve that for a fucking movie that is like I want to watch this every single fucking day. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. Uh, I don't want to watch that movie every single day because no, it yeah, fucking it's, you know, it's, kills it's your soul. But that's the thing. So what are we grading it on? Are we grading it on like for the value of what it is or on our own opinions? Hmm. I think a little combination. combination. Yeah, it's, it's okay. a combination of both. Yeah. Okay. But okay. to try to be a little less unbiased – I guess. Yeah, I'll I'll stick with my whatever. My 4.8 out of 5, it is yeah, really complex, magical, unpasteurized milk 
super cold. It's you know the milkman brings it to your door, old oh, school. Nice. You got a chilled glass in the fridge. Nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're in Richard's apartment. It's a little warm, but this milk is just going to be the most refreshing. It's going <laughs> to hit the spot. Yeah. Got some cookies, bacon in the oven. You got a cup. You know, you got some wow. Oreos rolling. Oh, you got some yeah. Oreos. You got a nice, nice. two sleeves. Mm-hmm. Andrika's left you one sleeve after demolishing the first three. Uh, and you're just going to town with this really great glass full of just fantastic, I don't know, Mediterranean milk. Or something. Oh, that's so know. nice. Rich. Yeah. That sounds great. Well, <laughs> I'm giving it, you know what, as far as war movies go, and I haven't seen a lot, and this is one of the best war movies I've ever seen, I'm giving it five. I'm nice. giving it five canteens of like super amazing 2% milk that's just going to be just so good. And it's Canadian, and it's just yeah. the greatest Canadian milk you've ever tasted. Oh, and it's boy. just... Yeah, five. Five out of five. But you know what? I will say this. This movie makes me want to see Dunkirk. Ooh, yeah, I, no, I was thinking about that the whole movie? time. I'm like, do I have to watch Dunkirk now? This movie is making me think about wanting to see Dunkirk now. <laughs> is that in our guy? It's not. It's, I think, I think I, because I was like, there. no, guys, we can't watch this. <laughs> so wait, are we but you're good? right, though. I think after watching it, I'm like, I it's opened my heart a little bit. Yes. So. Yeah. I'm a little more open to wanting to watch war yeah. movies now. This movie was pretty damn good. I think I'm more open to watching Sam Mendes movies oh, at the same time. Sure. Well, okay, so what are some of the films so he's done? American Beauty guy, like and Skyfall. Every other movie that he directs is nominated for a best uh, a best movie of the year. Okay, American Beauty, director. Uh, Road film. to Perdition, Great. fucking unbelievable movie. Great film. Uh, Jarhead directed that. Oh, I've seen that, yeah. Haven't uh, seen it. Directed Revolutionary home. Road. That got a lot of love. Uh, Away We Go, I don't think it got too much love, whatever. Uh, Skyfall, oh. Spectre, in right. 1917. Yeah, no, yeah. Sam Mendes. Yeah. He's, uh, he's getting into that Christopher Nolan territory for yeah, me now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, definitely check out Sam Mendes and all of his movies. Uh, check out 1917. It's across theaters in Canada and yeah, I think around the world by now. Um, and it is, I must say, if you are going to watch this movie, please, please go pay to watch it in theaters yeah. and pay for all the movies that you watch because, um, you know, support the industry. It is art at the end of the day. And I think that, you know, though we are very <laughs> critical and uh, judgmental of movies, you know, um, these are still pieces of art. And at the end of the day, it's art is subjective, right? So we may like it. You might not like it. But it is uh, for the quality of the work. Mm-hmm. It was really well done. So I recommend you check and it out. And if you disagree with us, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or tweet at us. That's, tweet yes. at us. Yeah, right. Hit us yeah. up. Tweet at us. Instagram at us. Uh, also, another point for Sam Mendez. He seduced my boyhood crush, Kate Winslet. So that's another big. Maybe I should be angry with him. Wait. They're together? They were. He broke uh. her heart. Hmm. Well, so he's an asshole for that. Yeah, actually, I actually don't know that. if he broke her yeah. heart, but they're not together. All right, it's time to get into our subplot for the show. Okay, so there's been some news earlier. I mentioned Quentin Tarantino has been uh, talking a little bit of shit. Mm-hmm. He kind of has a has a problem, and he says that original movies are in a war with superhero and Star Wars franchises, and he's pretty much echoing what Martin Scorsese said. Uh, I think it was about a month and a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, Martin Scorsese had an opinion on Marvel films saying that they're not really sure. movies, that w- kind of thing. Yeah, he was alluding to his attempts to try to get caught up on the mm-hmm. whole Marvel thing. And he said, I just couldn't do it. I failed. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest thing I can think of them, as well made as they are, 
with actors doing the best they can under circumstances is theme parks. That's, That's what he had to no. say about Marvel movies. I just think as the, because, you know, Scorsese, Tarantino, as, you know, acclaimed and legendary as they are, especially Scorsese, they're both like just filthy movie nerds. Right. To the, right. like the they're highest degree movie possible. Movie elitists. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they're romantic about film. They're the romantic about the industry. Like, you know, you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's that's just a pure ode to that era of, you know, versus now where it's just like I would almost compare the the Avengers saga as almost like a line of like or a series of comic books uh versus theme parks, but yeah, everything is just packaged into this kind of almost corporate cookie cutter way sometimes some films that you could see that these guys like wow you know we should be you know looking to the past and looking to the future with a different lens as opposed to just you know gobbling up every single fucking movie that has the connection you got to wait till the fucking credits are done blah 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 and you know so i can understand kind of some aspects i don't like it i I think they're really dismissive of comic books in a way that's disrespectful towards Mm -hmm. the medium because comic books they're deep man like if you read you can read the comic books graphic novels whatnot we already know stanley was a very socially Mm -hmm. conscious person he had stanley's soapbox where he spoke about the social issues of the day Mm -hmm. that he took that opportunity to but even if you look at something like x-men it was a parable of Mm -hmm. you know civil rights struggles and like Magneto was like the stand-in for malcolm x and professor x was the stand-in for martin luther king jr Mm -hmm. so for these guys to be dismissive of comic book movies to say that it's not cinema and it's not something to be taken seriously, even what Quentin Tarantino is saying here is like it's cinema that doesn't fall into the blockbuster IP intellectual property status. Like he's really proud of the mm-hmm. other films that he's nominated with. But as long as a comic book movie is good and treated seriously and you're being true to the source material, it can be cinematic it can be deep it can be mm-hmm. moving it can be emotional it can be yeah. all of those things yeah. but I, I have a feeling that from for them they're coming at it from the angle or they're not even thinking about the source material right. at this point they're thinking about the whole package they're thinking about the movies they are thinking about the the rides and, and like every marketing possibility that can sprout from these empires i think you're right i think like to their comments though i think it just comes off as snobby and I think I'm, again, like, I'm not the biggest on the superhero genre of films. I'll watch them occasionally. And I'll only watch them if I have, gen- like, uh, the initial spark or interest in it. Right. Because um, I know which characters I like, so I'll go pay for that movie. But the thing is, like, who are they to say what a director can or cannot do? Who are they to say what a movie should or should not look like? Thank you, Andy. Um, the other thing, too, is... Okay, and not to be like, well, you know, I'm going to go here. Uh, Tarantino and Scorsese, you guys are living legends in the film industry. People look up to you. People want to work with you. You guys have made names for yourself. What the fuck are you complaining about? You guys, these are movies, dramatic films. I love drama films. Dramatic films always dominate the Oscars. We're holding this piece of paper with the Oscars nominations on it majority i would say 90 percent dramatic films a movie like star wars a movie like avengers or whatever black panther these movies black panther was the first movie to really break that barrier but that like before that no other movie could break it and 
people but, don't respect the amount of efforts. Like Star Wars, that one year that Force, Force Awakens. I Force think, Awakens, right? sure, yeah. Force Awakens. I thought was one of the best movies of that year, and it should have been nominated, but it didn't. And all they ever get is visual effects. The real travesty of The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight should have. Oh, like, yeah. They should have won that it year. What was nominated for that year? Uh, I, I don't know. It was what, 2007 the, or The eight? fact that yeah. The Dark Knight wasn't treated as seriously, and only because it was a comic book movie, that's the only yeah. reason why it didn't get the respect from the Academy and the nominations and the wins that it deserved is because it's a comic book movie. It's the same elitist attitude that we're seeing here from Scorsese and Tarantino that's permeated the Academy as well, that they don't get the nominations when a good film like The Dark Knight comes along or Black Panther. Yeah, exactly. You know, Logan should have gotten... Yeah, that was supposed to be... That was my favorite of that. Logan was a brilliant movie. Like. Uh, oh, that was a fantastic film. That's when a, when a comic book movie, when a comic book movie is done properly and you get the right talent, every well, every, like any film, you have to have the right pieces fall in place for yeah. it to be a good film. And it doesn't matter if it's an original, like what Scorsese is saying, mm-hmm. or a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight should have won that year. The movie that did win, any guesses? This is eighty first Academy Awards. What year? 20, this would be two thousand and nine. Um, was it was it the artist? Wrong. Oh. Scent of a woman. Wrong. Scent of a woman. That was one of the nineties. That was I, yeah, I just like, remember whatever year it won, off. it shouldn't have won. <laughs> That's funny. Um, two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Can you give us a hint? You, the director was Danny Boyle. Oh oh, Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. Slumdog. That was, was a good movie. movie. Dark Knight <laughs> was, was much movie. better. Right. Dark Knight Millionaire. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, you guys are blowing it, Scorsese and Tarantino. Uh, I agree with you, like, to come at it from the point where, oh, I don't like this, or I don't like that. It's like, come on, you fucking killed it. Just maybe shut up or don't say anything. Uh, If you're going to complain again just about the huge fucking empire of just, you see fucking Avengers. Oh, there's Avengers uh, rulers, and there's Avengers measuring tape. Like, okay, I don't give a shit about this stuff. And they are actually good movies. If they were shit movies, they agreed, simply agreed. wouldn't be doing the numbers that they're doing. Hey, listen, if they were just complaining about DC movies or not <laughs> Batman right. DC movies, they never say DC, colors. right? They only say Marvel. They yeah. never say DC. Yeah. They're not worried about DC movies. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, you know what, though? Hey, fans and people will never hold back when there is a shitty superhero movie. Right. People will yeah. 100% tear apart a movie. And then when it deserves praise, it will get the praise. But, anyways. All right, guys, we could literally talk about this all day long, but we won't. But what we should talk about is a movie we have never seen before. Only one of us has seen out of three. Or at least one out of three, yes. Yes. Okay, so Rich, what is the list? So we are still recycling the films. We've seen now Avatar. We've seen Catch Me If You Can. These are all films we haven't seen. So the list that we have currently... Under the Skin, Scarlett Johansson, uh, The Prestige. I really hope that gets picked. Um, Michael Clayton, George yes. Clooney mm-hmm. is in there. Frida, I think. Andy, I think you Some nominated that. Hike. I really want that to win because <laughs> really I really want to win. watch it. Yeah, me too. And City of God. Oh, that's you, I, you guys haven't seen it, right? I'm, I have not seen no, it. No, but okay. I, I remember you mentioned it I to us it. once. I love it. I love it. It's one of my favorite films. Everybody's, yeah. I've never heard anybody never say anything negative double negative just now about <laughs> city of god okay. everybody yeah. like raves about this movie okay okay so okay let's do this i'm terrified so, okay, all right go. so we, we literally draw. have once again pieces of paper the nominees are under the skin the prestige michael clayton uh, frida city of god 
Are you rubbing that on yes. your mustache? <laughs> the winner is the Prestige. The Prestige, the prestige. is the winner. Nice. Oh, I'm going to yes. so love watching oh, this I'm again. I'm so excited. Okay. So the deal is next week we're going to break format a little bit. We're going to be doing our Oscar preview and dedicating the whole show to talking about all the major categories. So for the f- episode following that, we will give our review of The Prestige. And we'll also be picking a f- uh, our future presentation film. So we'll announce that next week on which film we're, we're going to focus on. Okay. It's going to be a good show, though. Yeah. Looking I'm forward to so it. I'm so fucking excited. This Oscar was a season. Good show, too. Sorry? This was a good show, too. This was a great show. 1917, guys. If the, if, so maybe if the movies are Hands great, down. the shows are great? <laughs> if the movie shit, maybe we just might, don't even listen. We might have hit a light bump with Sideways. That was good. That was a nice. No, Sky Sideways is good. Rich, come on. That was horrible. <laughs> I feel like you felt the way I felt about Avatar. Yeah, I but you gave a higher rating for man. this movie than I did. I gave zero for Avatar. Oh no, yeah, I gave, but I gave it a rancid bottle of wine, though. <laughs> you out there, let us know some of your favorite flicks that mm-hmm. maybe. We haven't saw any kind of cult classics. Hit us up on all of our socials, yeah. uh, Twitter, Instagram. There's a ton of films we haven't seen yeah. that, so many that we still have to get to. Yeah, and it would be great to hear from you on a movie to challenge us. Uh, by now, you probably know what movies we don't like or genres, but we are willing to do anything for this podcast. Um, even if it means watching Little Women. Oh, yeah, <laughs> see, I'm terrified. <sighs> Well, there are oh a few here gosh. that we should probably take in. Um, I'm, my goal is to watch all, at least all the best pictures by next week. Holy so, shit. Yeah. I can do it. All right. Okay, so we're totally going to do it. Like I said, we're dedicated to the podcast. We're, we have nothing else better to do. <laughs> <laughs> so this is it. Thank you for joining us on this journey for uh, take four of the Honey Wagon podcast. Remember, check us out on Twitter at... Honey Wagon Pod and on Instagram at the Honey Wagon Podcast. DM us, tweet at us, comment on our videos and pics and all that sort of stuff. Make sure to ch- check us out on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been the Honey Wagon Podcast. Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs>